Hi, I'm Harriet, a mental health professional and educator, and this is Dawn Breaks, the podcast all about finding hope and maybe also healing after reaching rock bottom. Welcome to this episode of Dawn Breaks. It has been a little while and I'm very glad to be back and I'm delighted to welcome Christina who is joining us today. So welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us. So I know you know a little bit about how the podcast works, but what I really like to do is give people a chance to meet you quite naturally. So what we do is we won't give you a big introduction. We'll talk about all the amazing things that you're doing towards the end of the episode. And instead, we'll kind of start a bit more naturally. So first of all, how are you? How are you today? Yeah, I'm all good, but it is, you know, really dismal weather outside. So, <laughs> but luckily, I um, I dropped my son off really early in the morning to nursery, so I got to get outside whilst it was still dry, which is always good. Yeah, so yeah I'm feeling fine. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. I know it seems really weird. Um, we've had such beautiful weather, and then to have a day that's a bit gloomy. But yeah, okay, that's good that we find you in a good place today. So one of the main places that we start is to think about a time when you were potentially very vulnerable or a time that you consider to be kind of rock bottom for you. Is there a time you'd be prepared to share with us when you were feeling very low? Yeah, of course. So the time for me was actually during pregnancy. So I, you know, expected to feel a certain way because people are often glowing and feeling really amazing during pregnancy. But actually, it made me feel quite anxious and on edge. And I think that wasn't helped by the fact my first pregnancy was during like pandemic. So I couldn't see any friends or family. And I was, as everyone was, literally isolated. Mm. So yeah, I think that was probably one of the trickiest times I've experienced. Yeah, I can imagine it must have been really frightening being so isolated during your pregnancy because it's it's kind of the classic time where you reach out to people who've already been through pregnancy or family members and and we of course weren't able to see even you know parents family really close family and so to have kind of gone through all of that by yourself must have been so hard yeah that's exactly it like I had you know my husband who's really supportive with me but I think you know at times like that you really recognize you know it's good to have females around you who maybe have experienced it themselves or can just like empathize in a different way that perhaps a man can't Mm. and I think that's um what I missed quite a lot and also as you said like you feel like you've missed out on certain things uh you know no one experiences your growing bump and things like that so yeah it was an interesting time and also 
you know, not helped up by the fact it was the first time I was working from home rather than the office. So you're just doing back to back Zoom meetings mm. all day, every day without a break, without that chance to go to like the water station or go and grab a coffee. So it was just a very intense period for me, I think. Yeah, it sounds like it. And I think there was something that you said there that was really important about it being a milestone time in your life. And and you don't expect it to look that way. And then dealing with the sort of disappointment or the grief that you might feel around that whilst you're also going through this kind of amazing process that you want to feel excited and positive about. But we have a lot of expectations, especially as a society, maybe as women, maybe as families, about this amazing experience that is pregnancy. But ultimately, it isn't always like that for everybody. It, it can be a really difficult time. It can make, make women very unwell. It can be really challenging. And also acknowledging and accepting all of the changes to your body that aren't necessarily your choice. It's just happening you know, to you through something you've chosen to do. So there's a lot there, a huge amount to unpack that we don't necessarily talk about because people think, oh, how wonderful you're pregnant. How wonderful yeah. you're going to have a baby. Yeah, exactly. And as you said, it's it's super common. Um, you know, our Panda's charity, which deals with mental health during pregnancy, like perinatal, I think they say that 25% of, of pregnant women experience anxious thoughts. Mm. Um, so, you know, that's a huge amount of all the women out there who are pregnant. So, yeah, I think it just had never been discussed. It wasn't a conversation that was had, even though I'd had people around me who definitely suffered postnatally. I've never even heard of people experiencing that during pregnancy. Um, so, yeah, I think also it was quite good once I started sharing that I had, I had felt like that people opened up to me and said oh I actually felt that way too and there were friends who had been you know pregnant had a baby and then years on they're saying to me oh and I had no idea so mm. um it was interesting and very eye-opening yeah it is really, I find that really fascinating how when you open up about really difficult experiences that it actually draws people to you in a way because you are being honest about something that people are usually too scared to be honest about. You know, there's a lot of taboo around expressing our struggles with mental health and especially at a time when it's meant to be, you know, people imagine uh, this sort of magical fairy tale time when people are pregnant. But yeah, really, really interesting. So I mean, how did it show up for you on a sort of everyday basis? What was it managing kind of really anxious thoughts? Was it feeling very low in yourself? Like what, what did that sort of difficult time look like for you? Yeah, I think I just, even though I'd always wanted to be a mother, it really made me think that I didn't want to be and that I wouldn't be any good at being a mum. And so it just, you know, was horrible thoughts like that kind of went through my head. So I was very emotional and very intimidated as well by the thought of becoming a mum. So, yeah, I think that that's how it like manifested itself. I was just very emotional and just a lot of self-doubt. Mm. And I mean, of course, you know, it would. It seems really obvious to me that it would be a time when you might feel self-doubt because it's a terrifying thing growing a, a whole human inside you. It's absolutely huge. It's one of the most sort of life-changing things someone can go through having a baby. And 
and you know even I don't want to say even more so for women but but obviously a woman is experiencing all the changes to her body as well you know it's absolutely huge but yeah I can imagine that must have been so hard because when those thoughts start to come up they spiral don't they it's very hard to get out of those spirals once they they begin and those they get a bit stronger and you've got nine you know nine months of that time where you aren't able to see people like you normally would have the incidental chats making a coffee at work you know that actually really matter I think people began to realize during the pandemic that those tiny conversations we have with people when we bump into them on the way to the loo or we are making a drink or whatever really help us sort of cope with the day and 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 decompress and get out of our own sort of internal monologue and and that's potentially what was really one of the things that was very very hard during the pandemic was that not being able to escape your own internal thought train thought process and then added to this you had all these extra things going on and and new challenging thoughts that were coming up and and that is something really important that you said there about essentially what you were saying is will I be good enough and that must be something that everybody faces when they are having a baby that you have your own experiences of being parented by your own parents potentially well potentially not well we all have our own experiences and then also our own instincts to be a parent and who's to say that we're going to know what we're doing and nobody does ultimately know what they're doing when they have first have a baby they just they're they're winging it everyone is winging it no one knows what they're doing there's no handbook there's no rule book you just hope you've got enough support and you're gonna you're gonna find your way and that's a nerve-wracking way to do anything you know if we were starting a new job if we were starting a new hobby if we were starting something that was brand new to us there's a good chance we'd have some directions we'd have some outline of what we were meant to be doing but this really important life-changing event that we do there isn't there isn't a, a book that tells you how to do it there are lots of books of course but there isn't you know what I mean it's yeah not a guide, but... mm. yeah totally I think yeah because you um underestimate how much you probably learn from those around you until the pandemic you know as you said just those passing conversations that I would have had with friends who have children or or whatnot and also it had never been an issue that I live away from my family like I chose to live in London and I love it here and um you know they were only ever like a four four and a half hour drive and I can easily get up there whereas when you don't see any family yeah you're just yeah you're just very on your own and you don't have that kind of guidance or someone just to say oh you'll be fine you'll be fine everyone goes through this because it just doesn't come across on a phone call Mm. um or over a text message um so yeah and sometimes even voicing it is too hard when it's when it's too strong in your mind even making that real enough to voice it and say, I'm feeling really vulnerable can be the hardest step. And so it's much easier to say, yeah, you know, and tell people what's happening um, rather than sort of go into detail. It's those sort of vulnerable moments that you have when you're sat down having a drink with someone and, and you're you're able to be a bit more honest or having a cup of tea with someone where you've, you've got a bit more time. And yeah. <clears throat> like you say, those incidental moments are a little bit more difficult to to facilitate over over phone conversations or whatever and yeah that sort of sense of separation we've always been able to do and travel and go 
you know, mostly wherever we want to go and then to not be able to do that during such an important time for you. So I'm interested to find out more about kind of how you got through this because on the one hand obviously your pregnancy would have would have come to an end and so then you know that that would have naturally changed things for you but I wonder how you managed at the time were there any particular tools any particular things that you used that really helped you move from that really low place to something somewhere that felt a bit better yeah so at the time we were allowed out you know once a day for exercise Mm. so I just really made most the most of that I cycled every single day and even up until eight months um, wow. pregnant and um, you granted that at seven months my husband was like we should really get you an electric bike <laughs> <laughs> so, but you know still getting out there and that really helped me I did a lot of meditation as well and yeah just kind of reframing my thoughts because I think maybe I'd always been, I hadn't realised it, but I'd always been quite a negative person. And I'd always had quite anxious thoughts. Like I always just thought the worst, whereas this was at my most extreme. So it made me recognise that I needed to change that. So Mm. yeah, just like trying to be grateful for what I did have. And yeah, so those kind of things really helped me help me get through it to the point that I was able to turn it around so towards the end of the pregnancy I started getting really excited about becoming a mom and yeah I was just able to get myself in a much better headspace so that when my little boy arrived I was super happy and I was really concerned that I wouldn't be that way that I Mm. might be not feel myself after pregnancy as well but the first time I met him and everything it just felt so natural to me and yeah we have a really fun time and and good bond and yeah I think that's why I felt compelled to write a book about it because if I was able to turn my situation around I could share that with other people and they could hopefully do the same or at least get on the right path to doing the same. That's amazing and what an incredible turnaround from feeling so kind of low and not managing to somewhere where you feel that you're able to write about that and express that to people and we'll come back to that because I definitely want to talk more about your book and there were some really interesting things in, in what you said there. I also want to return to the different practices that you did but I was thinking quite a bit about how you kind of had to be proactive about changing how you were feeding and and also realizing that you maybe had quite a negative frame of mind or negative mindset there is sort of nothing really like big life changes to make us sort of sit up and be awake to realizing that actually I've been doing this in a way that's maybe not very helpful for me and maybe I want to try something differently but I mean that's a really hard thing because the way we think is is so integral to who we are and how we get through the day What would you say to someone who's thinking, oh, actually, you know, I struggle with a really negative mindset. Like, where would you even begin with that? I think it's just taking a step back and trying to understand that. So, for instance, I used to think in this way. So I'd think, oh, the worst will happen because then Mm. if it doesn't, then I'll be happy with it. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So, for instance, like, say if I really wanted to 
buy a house I think oh it'll probably fall through because then I'd feel better if I thought that I would feel better if it that occurs mm. um but I think you know actually we have these thoughts to kind of almost it's like our mind keeping us in check you know because we're scared of mm. actually the real outcome that we want and the goal we're actually going for and it's kind of our mind's way of keeping us small mm-hmm. so like we can actually think oh no you know what I can get that house and it would be really amazing if it would happen and if it doesn't happen equally that's okay but I'm going to get something similar mm-hmm. because I know I would be really happy in that area and I know that the the way the house is set up would be perfect etc etc so I think it was um yeah a way of questioning whether that is what I really want to think and just trying to put positive spin on things that's really interesting I love what you've said there because I think it is really essentially what you're talking about is fear of failure fear of success and a lot of the time people are aware that we have fears around things not working out but we, yeah. we don't always consciously know that we sabotage ourselves because we're scared of the really great thing working out. And what does yeah. that mean? And maybe I'm not like ready for that yet. And there's this whole other side that you're right about keeping us sort of in the middle where our minds sometimes want to keep us safe and doing the big scary thing doesn't feel safe. And we're wired to survive. We're not necessarily wired to be the most successful people that we can be. And that's just our kind of genetic makeup in in the way that humankind has survived in the way that it has that we are wired to survive not to thrive and so it actually means we have to push through that really hard sometimes and and become aware that that we might be being you know thinking in quite a negative way and then consciously making changes to try and do that differently did you do anything like journaling or talking to anybody or was there anything that helped you to sort of begin to do that reframing yeah, so I would write gratitude lists every day and that really helped. And then talking about what we just were discussing, it was quite useful to put affirmations as well. So, you know, like mm. where, where you would actually like to be. So, you know, in terms of the pregnancy, you know, happy on, on my maternity leave with my little boy and, you know, like little statements like that, that you could kind of read over now and then to know where you wanted to be. Yeah, I think. That, that was super useful and also um sorry to keep referencing my book I mentioned it in there because I used to make it a bit different for myself I used gratitudes from that day mm. like in tandem with the exercise so when I was exercising so I'd write a list before I left and then whilst I was exercising I'd be thinking of all the things I just wrote and like it'd be going around in my head and and that kind of makes it a really you know positive bike ride or walk or run whatever you want to do so yeah I found that like super helpful that's so proactive as well like I think it's such a brilliant way to uplift yourself because exercise naturally boosts our endorphins and we all know that it's good for us and it makes it's good for our mental health but that kind of added element of keeping your mind in a really positive it's mind exercise in a way isn't it keeping your mind in a really positive place at the same time as physically exercising is so powerful because you're already emotionally lifted up vibrationally so you're kind of accessing that 
um, more positive part of your personality of, of your mind as well. It's really, yeah. really interesting, quite powerful. And it feels a bit like when people do walking meditations and they might use affirmations, those kinds of things. And it, it can be, yeah, really transformational. What an amazing tool and something that I feel like most people could pick that up, you know, whether they just, if they just go for a, a walk and they're saying some positive things to themselves some positive yeah. affirmations, it's really powerful. Yeah. It's like a friend who's having a tricky time at the moment, you know, it's just like, oh, but I can't motivate myself to, to exercise. Mm. So I'm like, well, you walk to the shop to buy milk, don't mm. you? So on that walk, just think of, the top thing that you're grateful for and just kind of keep thinking of that thing and asking your question asking the question like why am I grateful for that Mm. why am I grateful for that and maybe it's a person so you can think of all the different memories you have with that person and things like that so there's really simple ways you can apply it even if you don't want to you know get on your running shoes or or go on a bike ride you know and then you'll you can you know you can build up on it maybe you'll go for a slightly longer walk to a different shop the following day so there's there's many ways you can apply it definitely and I think also just sort of taking on what you've said there that you can even do it that it's activities that you have to do in the day like having a shower or making a cup of tea or specific activities that whilst you're doing that thing you know like making a cup of tea or a coffee is a bit of a process and you're waiting for the kettle to boil and you're putting the right amount of coffee or you're putting a tea bag in you know that's a process that takes a few minutes and if you did in those few minutes you thought about things that you were grateful for or you were saying some affirmations to yourselves in your head that's that's something that would build up over time and and really start to make an impact on your on your well-being and your mental health and how you're feeling and that is really powerful it feels like we definitely need to talk about your book because it's coming up and it and I think people (laughs) would love to know more about about what you've written about and what kind of inspired you and, and where did it even come from in the first place of course so I think because of my experience and I was able to turn my situation around um, I just felt really compelled to share that with people and um, so I'd already been a co-author of a book called Black Belt Women Lessons on Perseverance because I'm a black belt kickboxer and you know it's not an easy journey to get there so it's like multiple stories of different women who've been able to get their black belts and so because of that I knew the publisher who had published that and had a good relationship with her approached her about this idea and luckily she loved it and then also I thought it was really important because I was only new to my motherhood journey and I wanted it to be a book about motherhood to get the voices of different women um, Mm. and multiple different motherhood stories with tips and tools they had used to help them turn the situation around so yeah so it's a really varied book and really amazing experiences from all different types of women so there's adoption stories stories about almost losing a child Mm. or becoming a mother to your mother when she has Alzheimer's Um, and even becoming a mother of a community if you're not a traditional mother um so yeah it was a really lovely project to to you know be part of and to run and um I was really lucky that these 19 other women said yes so that's incredible 
And so tell us a little bit about your section of the book. Was it specifically about the practice that we've just talked about or, or tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, so it's about my pregnancy experience, but also the birth because it was super quick. And you may think that sounds amazing, but actually a quick birth it can be quite intense. But mm. I mean, I... It was a crazy experience, but it was great to get him here. And he was three weeks early. Everyone told me he'll be, everyone said, he'll be two weeks late. Don't worry about it. So I had a whole month in my head to go. And then, wow. yeah, so, um, but then it was, it was nice. Anyway, I talk about that experience because it was uh, all very fast and very crazy. Um, and then at the end of the chapter is more details about that practice that I talked about. Mm. So using exercise in tandem with gratitude. And at the end of each of the ladies' chapters is, yeah, a tool. So there's things like breath work, yoga, way to write um, visions and things like that, mm. you know. There's lots of things in there, lots of lovely little exercises that you can do. And to be honest as well, even though the book is called Strong Mothers, a lot of the tools are applicable to anyone in any situation mm. because they're just really nice ways to kind of like ground yourself and refocus. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's really interesting. I love that it's it's got like tangible tools as well it's a bit of a, a powerhouse for somewhere to go and, and pick something up and see what appeals to you and I think also that's something I feel here with the podcast that I love when people bring different tools because I feel that we aren't always going to suit the same things people need different things for different times in their life and and some things will appeal at one time and then not appeal at all at another time so even just to to hear those and see what might appeal at that moment can be so helpful I think and I'm also curious to kind of see where is this taking you now so from that point you know when you had this really difficult time in your pregnancy how has this changed things for you now and, and what you're doing with your work now yeah so I just think that you know it makes you realize when you kind of slip back into a certain way or whatnot so for instance you know prior to all the sunshine it wasn't very nice weather and I was doing less and less exercise because you do become so busy as a mum luckily for me I always still kickbox um in the evenings but it's it's that you know little burst of getting out into nature that is really mm. different to that because you know in a sports hall you could be anywhere it's right. just four four walls type of thing whereas I kind of stopped doing that and then recently you know with the the weather being lovely I, I was like I really need to do that every day because mm. it's just so healthy for us to be yeah. out there and you know if it's a even if it's like you don't have a park near your house you know and mm. getting outside so yeah, and and then I, I still do gratitude lists and things like that. I go through phases of whether I do it every day, but I just feel like it's a it's a really nice exercise to do. Um mm. yeah. And I mean also it doesn't always have to be it doesn't have to be written down, does it? Sometimes you can just be doing it mentally in your head whilst you're waiting for something or mm -hmm. you've got a bit of time on your hands. Cause it can be hard sometimes to keep ourselves to a 
a practice that's demanding us to sit down with a notebook and a candle and you know like that kind of oh, thing yeah, it's yeah. not always doable but yeah. just to do it when you've got a moment of of calm and and if you associate your going outside with that that's really helpful and I agree I think that it can be so so important for us to get outside to be in nature to feel grounded and I found that as time has gone on I used to live in London and now I live back in Kent on the Kent East Sussex border close to where I grew up and I have found that I just need that green I need that outside space and I want more and more and more of it as time goes on and I feel it's just sort of essential for me to feel mentally well and that's not just a physical getting outside and being and exercising that's a that's a mental wellness just being outside and feeling grounded and feeling supported and and like breathing fresh air and all of that and I think you're right that it doesn't you don't necessarily have to have a green space you don't necessarily have to have a park even just getting some fresh air opening the windows getting some sunshine can really make such a difference to, to your mood and it's really lovely to hear how that's continued on to have an impact on on you and kind of changed your your outlook kind of going forward as well and in, in, in what you're doing now so are there any exciting new projects is there anything you're working on that's coming up you know what's going on for you now yeah so I'm still really proud of the book and mm. we're doing um so uh, there's four of us in in London so we'll be doing like a book celebration of them which will be really fun Amazing. um yeah and I'm I, in my spare time I like to write children's books as well Um, so I'm just self-publishing them but I'm kind of I think it's made me more passionate about getting positive messages to children yeah, by having a child imagine. myself mm-hmm. um and also that's just kind of a cr- like a, a a fun creative output so I'm enjoying doing that so yeah I just think yeah I'm just you know trying to get the book out to people who it could actually help mm. um and I've you know heard really lovely feedback from people who's use the breathing exercises, use the various exercises, or, or maybe like the story resonated with mm. them um, mm. because there's so many different stories in there, um, baby loss, things like that, you know, really, really strong topics that mm. can affect people in a big way. Um, so, yeah, I'm just really proud of the book and, and just thinking of um, my next move, really. Okay, yeah. okay, that's exciting. So you're in that potential space of yeah. of what next, which I always find to be kind of really exciting. So how do we find the book? If people think, oh my goodness, this sounds amazing. How do I get hold of it, Christina? Tell us, how do we find it? How do we find you yeah. online? Of course. So you can find the book on Amazon or you can buy it directly on my website, which is yes mindset.com you can find me on instagram at christina alice morris and yeah and i'm open to answering any questions or anything you want to know about the book or, or nice. just generally about my experience if you're having a similar experience um so yeah yeah you can find me there <laughs> brilliant and that, we'll have all of those that all of those details on the show notes as well so if anyone wants to get get in touch with you they can and and just thank you really thank you so much for being vulnerable thanks for opening up to us because it's it's a hard thing to do and I really appreciate it and I appreciate you for for telling us a bit about your story which is which is a really powerful one and important one so thank you thank you and then thanks for all the work you do it's a really powerful podcast and I'm enjoying listening to it 
Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's really nice to kind of get back to it and hope to do a few more episodes soon. So thank you so, so much. And, and this was just a really beautiful episode. So I really appreciate it. Thanks, Christina. Thank you. A really wonderful episode there from Christina. It's great to think that we can turn our mindset around through our own choice. And that was something that was good to explore during this episode. Because we do have choices about the way that we choose to see the world. And the more that we begin to realise that we have choices, the easier it can become to manage those really difficult times. It was really great to hear about all the experiences that Christina has come to find out about through writing her book. And it sounds as though there's some really inspirational stories in there. All of the information Christina shared about where you can find her book will be on today's show notes. Thank you so much once again.